I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Song Stories is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Song Stories, a new iHeartRadio podcast where we try to figure out how do you make a hit? To answer this not-so-simple question, we're sitting down with some of the biggest names in music. They're going to take us through the life cycle of a song, from studio to stage and everything in between. My name is Jordan Runtog. Thank you so much for listening. This season, we're talking to Phineas, the singer, songwriter, and producer extraordinaire who, at age 24, has helped define the sound of contemporary pop. He's worked with a host of artists, including Justin Bieber, Camila Cabello, Selena Gomez, Halsey, Kid Cudi, and most notably his sister, Billie Eilish. As you may have gathered, he's one of music's greatest collaborators. But last fall, he stepped into the spotlight as a solo artist with the release of his debut LP, Optimist. It was, for the most part, a one-man show, with Phineas writing, singing, and producing the effort almost entirely himself and even playing most of the instruments. To call it a diary is maybe a little too obvious, but it's a snapshot of a thoughtful artist taking stock after a streak of phenomenal accomplishments. Grammys, sold-out arenas, bomb themes, I could go on. Sure, success can open a lot of doors, but it can also be confusing and sometimes even crippling. Songs like Happy Now and Someone Else's Star find him struggling to make sense of what he's achieved and his newfound role as a public figure. In the early 2020s, this means treading a fine line. You're expected to have an opinion, but woe to those who hold the wrong opinion. The track Medieval is a critical thinker's approach to the notion of cancel culture, and the 90s finds him pining for a pre-digital age before the echo chamber of social media. 
Living in the 2020s also means being acutely aware of the climate crisis, racial and sexual inequalities, and of course, COVID. Though he doesn't go full protest anthem on Optimist, one of the themes of the record is rationalizing these global concerns with more human-scale, personal fears. On Love is Pain, for example, he grapples with the mortality of his parents, a primal worry if there ever was one. These fears are there even in moments of triumph and celebration. The unabashedly sensual track Around My Neck, an ode to his romantic partnership with digital creator Claudia Soluski, is offset by The Kids Are All Dying, in which he seems to be chastising himself with the line, How can you sing about love when all the kids are dying? How can you sing about sex when the school is on lockdown? Releasing an album titled Optimist in the midst of this uniquely troubled time could be interpreted by some as a curious choice, either hopelessly naive or even sarcastic. But Phineas says it's neither. It's feeling the malaise of this era and making the choice to be happy and positive. Phineas has a lot to say about these weighty topics, as me and my colleague Noel Brown went track by track through Optimist. Here's the first part of that conversation. We hope you enjoy. I love that the album opens with a concert six months from now because for two reasons. One, I feel like that title post-COVID has a totally different sense of of hope imbued in that phrase than it would have in pre-COVID times because now it's like, okay, you know, I hope this concert happened. But I, I also, uh, I, yeah. I, I got tickets to a show with my uh, girlfriend early on in our relationship, which is now... 10 years on uh, for a concert way down the road thinking, okay, geez, I hope, I hope, hope this works out. We're still together. But can you talk a little about that song? I thought it was a really romantic sentiment. Yeah. I, I wrote that song in 2017, you know, when I never could have predicted COVID. Um, but yeah, it was just, I was in this relationship that I'd been in for a little shy of a year. And I, it was a Fleet Foxes beach house concert. And it was, I think, maybe May, like April, April, May. And I bought these tickets for the show in, in uh, October. And I, you know, I bought them because they were going to sell out, which is that's how popular concerts work, right? They sell out immediately. So I, I bought them. And I remember buying them and just thinking like, this is, this is ridiculous. Like, you don't, you don't know if you're going to be together in like five weeks. Um, and, uh, and indeed, we were not together by the time the concert happened. But yeah, that whole song is about, um, you know, this this relationship that meant a, a, a great deal to me in my life. It was this this girl I'd kind of fallen in love with when I was like 13, and then we'd we'd gone our separate ways all through high school, and we'd reconnected when we were 18 and 19, and, you know, fallen in love again. And, and um, you know, it was a very definitive, um, transformative relationship in my, you know, young adulthood. And... Uh, you know, that song is that song is really important. And I, I never let what's that phrase? I never let the truth get in the way of a good story or a good lyric, whatever. But I but that song is is hundred percent true and I love songs like that. I love songs that where the where the right line is also the true one. Um and then yeah, it, you know, it took on this whole new meaning during COVID and I opened my show with it on this tour I just did and it was like such a blast to do this like song about going to a show as your it was very meta. Um, opening the show that way. Um, it was really fun. 
It's such a cool song. I mean, it's so cinematic, but also just the message of it. You're right. It's it's like a leap of faith, really. It's, it's a yeah, fun way of totally. saying a leap of faith. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Well, next up we got The Kids Are All Dying. There's <laughs> yeah. something that, that you do where you have these really up melodies with these yeah. really devastating lines. I tried saving yeah. the world, but I got bored. I tried picking a cause, yeah. but I got confused. Tell me yeah. more about that song. I almost get a sense of like a trace of guilt running through the song in a way. Yeah, there's guilt and there's kind of irony and frustration and you know, a lot of cynicism is sort of the main ingredient in that song. But you know, I think it's like I I'm how do I put this? I think humans are held to a kind of a high standard. I think human be like nobody's going to do the more complicated thing. Like everybody is going to take like there you'd never get in your car and look at a map and choose the long way to get somewhere unless it was so beautiful and you had all this time at your disposal. Like you're always going to take the fastest road to get to your location. And I think that I think that about like climate change issues People are not going to inconvenience themselves in their already challenging and stressful lives to, to, to accomplish a goal that cannot be accomplished by one individual in one suburb of one city somewhere. Like, we have to make the solutions to these things, you know, um, ergonomic. We have to make them enjoyable. Like, it's just not a, 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 an actualizable goal to expect people to inconvenience themselves on a daily basis to to save the world when you know the fossil fuel industry is just full steam ahead like it's it's all really stupid so you know that kind of like I tried saving the world and then I got bored it's like a feeling of kind of helplessness I guess you know what I mean I, I'm in a place where I can donate money to causes I care about I can give a platform to causes I care about those two things make me feel really useful not using a plastic straw Mm, doesn't make me feel that useful. Like, feels like a pretty small potato issue to worry about to me. And so I think that song to me is is kind of about that, of like this kind of, you know, hammering home of like, we all have to do our part. And I think most people are looking around going like, why do I have to do my part if, you know, Fortune 500 companies are doing 90% of the damage here and... I'm one individual, you know, tr- scraping by. It's like, it's the whole thing, right? It's like salads being $5 and a Big Mac being like 99 cents. It's like people are going to buy the Big Mac. Like it makes sense. It was the part of the song though, and, and you sing, and I hope I'm interpreting it correctly, you know, how can you sing about love when all the kids are dying? Maybe yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist and a, ni- well, there you go. And, a, and, a, and maybe this is a naive thing to say, but I don't know. I think the love is a good reminder, especially in these times. I think that has tremendous totally. value. Yeah, a lot of what the meaning of that line was, was is that's the kind of, that's the kind of proverbial comment section of my music. It's like, I speak out about social issues, and then once you do, people expect you to speak out about everything all the time, and it's like, hey, I'm still a, a person with my own feelings and my own, you know, story, and, I, you know, if I, if I, expel 100% of my identity in favor of only speaking about social issues. Like, are you even going to be interested in what I have to say anymore? Because the whole reason you care about me talking about social issues is because you care about me in the first place. Like, it's, you know, sort of a never-ending cycle. And, you know, I, I resent the whole kind of, like, I speak out about this thing, and then the internet's like, well, you have to speak out about this thing. And I'm like, no, I don't. And here's why. I'm not educated about that thing, and... 
I don't want to I don't want to talk out of my ass. I don't want to say something that once I do more research I'll realize was an you know a a, a poorly informed take on something. I don't want to I don't want to throw weight at something that you know I shouldn't I shouldn't be on the side of just because it sounds like the right thing to do. I don't want a virtue signal. I don't want to, you know, be performative in my allyship or my activism. And so it's all been a, a challenge, but that's the kind of, how can you sing about love when the kids are all dying? Like the reason that song comes at the beginning of the album is I, I then sing about all of it, right? How can you sing about love when the kids are all dying? And then I go sing about love on only a lifetime, love is pain, hurt locker. How can you sing about drugs? Politicians are lying. I sing about, you know, you know, whatever it is, substances and friends and, 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 um, you know, anything. And then how can you sing about sex when the school is on lockdown and there's like around my neck? Like the whole thing to me is like, you, you still can because it's, because it's, it's the human experience, the human condition, you know? Well, it, it's like almost crippling when you're expected to have yeah. a take on literally everything. Yeah. And, if, so true. and even just like, you know, being a podcast host myself and, and Jordan, like we get comments and emails saying, oh, you accidentally, they don't say accidentally, but it is accidentally said this thing that offended me. And I, if they knew me, they would know I never in a million years would have said something intentionally to offend anybody. But if you let that infect your brain, then it starts to like just stymie every choice you make in your communication and it like makes it impossible to say or express anything so you almost yeah. have to kind of not put on blinders that's not the way to, to say it but just be yourself and not feel like you have to be everything to everybody all the time. true good point Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of what you were saying about 
trying to balance being a private person, a private human being with being a public figure where you're expected to have opinions and points of view on everything and held to the standard of having the right points of view and opinions on everything. It reminds me a lot of what you were singing about on the track Medieval. Yeah, Medieval is, is um, you know, about whatever you want it to be about, but I think one of the reasons I wrote it was this kind of like, once you love something and you've enjoyed it, there is this sort of like, just like anything, just like, you know, just really, really anything. There's this kind of like casting it out once you've enjoyed it or casting it aside. And I think it's all kind of a little, a little weird. Um, you know, there's this artist that plays this huge role in your adolescence or, or, or a film or a movie star or a, a book or whatever it is. You consume this, this form of entertainment, this art It's very informative and important to you. And, and then a couple years later, you're like, Oh, I hate that. Like that thing's lame. And it's like, it's not very respectful of your, of that thing of how meaningful and seminal it was to you a couple years ago. And, um, you know, there's also notes in that of like sort of the, the extent of cancel culture and whatever, you know, I, I do think we're like, I'm not the first person to say this. I think there's like plenty of issues and things people are held accountable for that are, you know, um, cut and dry black and white issues, right? Like forms of sexual abuse, you know, pretty, pretty damn black and white to me. Um, sexual misconduct, whatever, whatever the, the, the nomenclature is there. Uh, pretty easy to, to sort of like, but I, I think there's, you know, within the, the broader spectrum of things people get canceled for, an uninformed opinion being voiced years prior on Twitter you know, like that stuff, like we're not in the business of rehabilitation yet with cancel culture. And I think it's a lot, a little silly. Like, like you could literally like, you know, like think about traffic laws, right? Like imagine, imagine if you like rolled through a stop sign and the cop pulled you over and was like, I'm going to cancel you. Like they don't, they write you a ticket and you pay it and you do traffic school. Like we're just not in a place yet where like somebody has a bad take on the internet from 10 years ago, like, like there need to be tickets and fines and like, like it just needs to, needs to be like, yeah, he atoned for that. And then now he has his career back. You know what I mean? Like there's, we just have this weird kind of like everyone is good or bad. And if they've made one transgression, they're, you know, they're forever a piece of shit. And it's like, yeah, nah, not, no, you know, it's not murder. It's a bad opinion from years ago. And 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 if people show themselves to not evolve and not change, then sure, continue to hold them accountable. But I feel like most people like I regret I regret like everything I've ever said up until like 18 months ago. You know what I mean? And I wasn't I wasn't saying essentially like anything wrong. I just had stupid opinions. Like I did that pitchfork over under video like 2 years ago. I watched it the other day. I was like, "Oh, what an asshole. Like, I just disagreed with, like, every take of mine. And I think that's, like, I don't know. That That's kind of the, the you know, where I lie on this. <laughs> I also feel like, I mean, you know, we are all evolving. I mean, there was a great interview yeah. John Lennon gave 
to Dick Cavett in the 70s where he was talking about people coming up to him with quotes that he said. This was in 1971, you know, pre-internet, and he was still being held accountable yeah. for things he said five, six years ago. And how, yeah. you know, it's a new day, it's a new you, it's we're constantly, and I, yeah. I mean, you know, you, even the way that you kind of, and I know it was tongue-in-cheek to a certain extent, but the way you describe yourself on, on Happy Now, you know, I mean, in, in your douchebag car with the yeah, yeah. wine is. I mean, I, I feel like that's a, a bit overcritical to oneself, maybe, if if I may. <laughs> but yeah, but I'd rather I'd rather be overly self-examined and self-critical than, you know, uh, I guess acting like I could do no wrong. Like mm. I'd rather, I'd rather walk on the far side of like, you know, self-examination and, and maybe being kind of hard on myself than, than inflicting my flaws on other people. You know what I mean? Like I kind of think that like we're in this, we're in this sort of like, I say this as a good thing. Like we're in this period where, where self-acceptance is really stressed, right? And I, I think that's great. Like, I think that's gonna that's gonna help society, right? The more we all, you know, love ourselves and accept ourselves. But it's not an excuse to treat other people poorly, right? It's like that to me is like your treatment of others is is paramount, and you know, be as be as accepted. Like, like let me give let me give an example. It's like, yeah, it's. It's uh, it's very understandable and and wonderful to be like, hey, you're having a hard day, like that's okay, like you can, you can cancel that thing that you wanted to do because you're you're having a hard day, um, you know, take care of yourself, self care, take take that bath, whatever. Like I think that's fucking great, but it's like that's sort of like a lot of the time people are reliant on us, you know what I mean, like. You know, there's somebody, somebody is suffering some emergency and, and they were there for you and we kind of need to be there for each other. And, you know, it's like, sorry, I was, I was kind of, uh, I was feeling, you know, insecure about something and a little bit disappointed that, um, I didn't get a job opportunity I wanted. And that's why I was really mean and dismissive to you and belittled you. It's like, ah, like it's great to know these things about yourself and to articulate that, but it's not an excuse to treat other people poorly, you know, and uh, or to not be, uh, you know, reliable. You know, there it's it's perfectly acceptable to hit somebody up and go, "Hey, I'm not I'm not having a good day. Like I need to I need to take a, a rain check on that. That's great." But it's like there are instances where like you you promise to help somebody you know, move out of their thing. And it's like, I, it's important to show up for people, you know? I think more so than self-acceptance is self-awareness. Yeah, good just point. Just like, you know, Great being point. tuned in to how you come off. And even if you come off like an asshole, just being, you know, thoughtful enough to realize you came off like an asshole and maybe don't do that again. But also don't beat yourself up over it or act like you have to hold yourself to some sort of unattainable standard all the time. Good point, man. Human yeah, good point. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Could you talk a little more about Happy Now? I thought there was so many sure. things going in that song, just lyrically and musically. Uh, so much to unpack. It's such a, a, a to me, it's it's one of the highlights on the album. Um, I'm really proud of that song. Uh, you know, what's funny about that song, I guess, is like, when I was writing that song, it was a little bit of a retrospective already because I I am happy. And I I was kind of happy when I was writing that song. But I think it was like, you know, by the time I was writing that song, I was like, we just won all the Grammys and stuff. Like, I'd really, like, my dreams had really come true. And I wasn't talking about that so much. I was kind of talking about, like, the 18 months, two years prior to that, which is, like, where you're having, you know, any form of success on a much smaller scale. And, you know, what that song is basically about is, like, an identity crisis because I think as people, we're not super prepared for the world caring about us. And you can lose your identity really quickly in that because maybe you define yourself by it or maybe the world's kind of mean about you or maybe the world thinks you're the shit and you're like, that doesn't necessarily align with my own personal view of myself, but everybody else thinks I'm I'm amazing and talented. So I guess I am. And I guess all that stuff is like then you, you can you can really lose a handle on your own identity and really who you are and you know what is sort of core to your your person and um you know yeah this kind of like this is a weird thing to say but like I've found I've found such entertainment and joy in in you know 
challenging experiences, if that makes sense, you know? Like, that's the kind of line of, like, I was supposed to be happy now. There's nothing left for me to laugh about. Like, you know, when you're, when you're, when you face these obstacles of, like, of any sort of size, it's like, that's, that's, uh, it's part of the joy of life. Like, we don't, we don't sit around with our friends and talk about the best moments of our life. Like, we sit around and we talk about mutual frustration and mutual, you know, annoyance with this thing, whether it's traffic or communication or, you know, uh, you know, w working uh, on something tirelessly because you became obsessed with it or, you know, any number of things. We talk about, you know, TSA at the airport, just just struggle and chat. That's, these are the things that are funny and interesting and relatable to talk about. And, uh, yeah, you know, there's this kind of, like, hollowness to... Um, certain metrics of success. And I, I don't mean like playing a show is great. The fact that people love your album is great, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. There's like, you know, an article being written about you saying you're great. It's like, what is that supposed to mean to somebody? Because it probably shouldn't mean much to you. Because it's like, I, I'm a big firm believer in like to believe the good reviews is to believe the bad, you know? And uh, I, I certainly don't, want to believe all the negative things that are written about me. So I, I can't really believe the positive ones either, you know? On the next episode of Song Stories, we'll continue our track-by-track track through Phineas's solo debut album, Optimist. He'll open up about his relationship to fame and the internet, and how those two tend to feed into one another. And he'll share the heartbreaking backstory of the album's lead single, What They'll Say About Us. We hope you'll join us then. Song Stories is a production of iHeartRadio. The show is hosted and executive produced by Noel Brown and Jordan Runtog with supervising producer Mike Johns. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. For more from iHeartRadio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. For now, I'm Jordan Runtog. Thanks so much for listening. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.